will pick up his 10th career outlaw victory. Devin Moran puts Double Down Motorsports in victory lane for the first time in his career. He's going to close in on Moran down the back straightaway. A Hail Mary into three and four. Moran protects down low. McCready down low. Off of corner number four. Double Down for the Double Down Motorsports 99 to Devin Moran as he wins night two. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be a good cheer <laughs> What a jam It's the most wonderful time of the year it's, I definitely did not know who sang that It's not often now. that you hear Christmas music on January 23rd But Andy Williams, the great singer of that song, Derek he had the lyrics right. He just had the time of year wrong. This right now is the most wonderful time he of year. He for sure meant for Speed yeah, Weeks. Yeah, he was song. obviously talking no about doubt. dirt track racing at Speed Weeks. <laughs> Georgia-Florida Speed Weeks is off and running, as you saw with Devin Moran's two victories. It's about to really ramp up on Thursday at Gold Miles with the Lucas Oil season opener and 22 races total that we will have had leading into the Daytona 500 between Lucas and the Outlaws. I am Michael Rigsby inside our Flow Racing Studios alongside Derek Kessinger and our great producer, Kane Runyon. Suave, we will spend the next hour plus previewing everything that is Georgia and Florida for what is now the longest and most lucrative speed weeks in the history of of dirt late model racing. I want people who are late model fans to be able to to digest the next 60 minutes on whether they're watching on Dirt on Dirt or Flow Racing or Apple Podcasts or wherever. And I want them to I want them to feel it, Derek, and go, you know what? I've listened to these two talk and I feel very prepared for speed weeks. That's what I want the next 60 minutes to be. And I make no bones about it anymore. This is not a bit. This is not an act. I love Speed Weeks. It is my favorite time of year. I love getting out of the gray doldrums of Illinois. The, Derek, the sun has not shined here in eight days exactly, I think. I love Speed Weeks. I think you love it as much as I do. I am as excited as I have ever been to get down south and start covering these When races. can I trademark Speed Months? That's my first. <laughs> That's a good point. I that mean, is a really good point, We started actually. this past weekend, which we might have a little debate about it later on in the yes, show. Yes, we will. Um, we spend like a twelfth of the year now in Florida. <laughs> oh man! And like I'm approaching being in Florida, you know, because I've been here twelve years now. Being in Florida a whole year of my life, oh, God. just covering Speed Weeks. Obviously, I've been there for you know trips. This is just being Speed Weeks, staying there, yeah. rain outs, instant classics, shenanigans, all point in between. It's just it's like your second home. Like yeah. a month out of the year is pretty pretty crazy. And like you're going. Down on Wednesday, how many days are you there total in a row? 24 days yeah, I will so. spend. I am doing a bonsai trip to the Super Bowl, yeah. a 36-hour a, a bonsai trip to go watch the Super Bowl and come back for Monday of Volusia. But uh, but other than that, there are 24 days, basically, I'll be in Georgia and Florida. When you think about it, that's right, it's a whole month of the year. Uh, that's crazy. Especially some of the drivers. They've been down there right. like a week prior because they went to right. the Sunshine National. So, yeah, 12th of the year, you're hanging out in Florida, Georgia, and if you had the weather like it was this past weekend, oh. I see why they go down there the whole month. If, if We've got so much coming up in the next hour. Todd Turner, the, the Todd father, will join us to provide his unique perspective on what I actually think is the most important time of the year right now in dirt late model racing. I think it is Speed Weeks, not the World 100. I think it's Speed Weeks. Uh, Two-time and defending Lucas Oil champion Tim McCready will be with us as well, talking about 
this monster in upcoming year for Lucas Oil and his love of Speed Weeks, Derek. We know that he loves it as much as if, more than any other driver. He really is a guy who embraces Florida, and I love that about him. And Derek, I have a bunch of Speed Weeks notes off the top of the show as well that we'll get to, but let's do some housekeeping first. I like it. Stuff the fans at home are going to want to know. Let's start with the big one. For the first time ever, every single Lucas Oil event at Speed Weeks, all 13 of them can be seen live on Flow Racing. I don't think excited is enough of a word I, to use for me. I, I am pee my pants excited about our partnership with Lucas Oil this at year. at home, when this deal went through, I saw Michael Rigsby cry openly. <laughs> I remember when we first came down to Speed Weeks, we had like 10 total minutes of highlights oh, we yeah. could show at East Bay, and we had to wait five hours yep. after the race is over. So I remember I like we would doze off for a little bit, wake up at like 2 or 3 in the morning, post the video, yeah, so this is a good moment. Every lap live at Flow Race, it cannot wait for it. Uh, that's Golden Isles. It's Bubba Raceway Park. It's All Tech. It is East Bay Raceway Park. Of course, now just 12 races remaining uh, at East Bay ever. Last full every, season. Last full season. That's right. Full season of racing for them as a racetrack. I am more excited about this partnership than I have been anything. Every single lap starting Thursday night at Golden Isles can be seen for the first time ever. Let, Derek, I, I, I just peed a little. I just That's how excited I am. You I, were I, pumped. I just peed a, a little bit. Uh, yeah, every lap. Awesome. And I, again, thank you to Morgan Lucas. Thank you to Rick Schwally, Ashley Schwally, Wayne Castleberry, James Essex, everybody with Lucas Oil, uh, Scotty Mack, for making this partnership happen. I appreciate it a lot. But Derek, that's the live stuff, right? There is so much more to our Speed Weeks coverage. Kane, let's take a look at that now. We'll have every Lucas Oil, like we said, race live. The Speed Weeks minutes, which now for 17 seasons have become a staple of Speed Weeks. Race day, pre-race analysis where Ben Shelton or me and Derek and Kovac, a combination of us, pick the winners. We'll have feature highlights on Dirt on Dirt and Flow every night. We'll have heat race highlights uh, from the Lucas Oil shows on Dirt on Dirt and Flow. The top 10, this is one of the only times all year we do it, Derek. The top 10 in every feature will be interviewed every night swap. Just this slate alone, there is so much coverage at DOD and Flow that we'll Let's have. just hope that we don't get like somebody like nine races in a row and they're finishing ninth and 10th because then like we could just overuse the same interview. But yeah, that's you get great insights. Sometimes you have a guy lead the race and he gets sixth or seventh and you want to get his perspective yeah. on what happened during the main event. And then it gets some guys some recognition if they sneak by in that top 10 that maybe you weren't expecting to do so. There are folks who, who literally after the races, I'm not joking, they'll say, God, I'm glad I got to 10th because now I get my interview. Yep. It still means something being on the DOD and flow airwaves. Uh, I'm very excited about that. But wait. There's, There's more. more. Shelton Sidebites. Ben does these up-close and personal interviews with Speed Week's entrance from every racetrack all the way through Volusia. One lap, one beer. And I love what Todd put here. The slowest lap in racing, Suave. Do we know who's getting one lap, EPJ, one beer? EPJ, opening night. Oh, Earl Pearson at Golden Isles. Yes. I love it. It's We're going to do track. that Friday night, so it'll be ready to go Friday night, Saturday morning. We have officially... Ocala, I have not decided yet. Okay. We've officially settled on the crew diary this year. Anthony Burroughs and Ricky Thornton Jr. will be this I, year's crew diary team. This is the I, hottest commodity that I've... How many people have asked to do it? Uh, every, it's been, if there's it's crazy. Uh, 50 cars there, all 50 of yeah. them want us to do crew diary. RTJ and Anthony Burroughs will be, a, will be a good fit, I believe. Yeah, I'm excited to get that kicked off at Gold Niles and take them all the way through the Outlaw events at Volusia to end it. And, of course, Derek, the thing I get asked about more than anything else on the planet, 
Love that drive home. Man, I wish you guys did drive home more. more. You kicked it off with Robert at the Sunshine Nationals this past week. Myself, Ben Shelton, Tim Truex, everybody else. The drive home begins with the full crew on Dirt on Dirt's Facebook Live following every event, Suave. People freaking love the drive home, and we will have it every single night from Speed Week. Well, I again. tweeted our immaculate setup we got for it on social <laughs> media, and people loved it. It's just, you know, it's a phone holder that you stick on yeah, the, it's the pretty dashboard. Simple. It's a cell phone video, and people love it. I think they just, like, <laughs> want to hear our initial reactions, and I think we get more of a hot takes compared to, like, a race day the next day, so people enjoy that. It is. So the drive home will be back every night, and I want to look into the camera when I say this, and I mean this. If you want to know what's going on with Speed Weeks, from everything from the entries every night, what cars are there, to in-depth analysis, written editorial reports, photos, video, drive home, Facebook Live, everything. I really mean it, Suave. Our coverage at Dirt on Dirt, and now an extension of that at Flow Racing with our Lucas Oil Partnership, there is, I seriously think we cover Speed Weeks as well as ESPN covers the national championship game. And I'm not bullshitting when I say that. I mean it. If you want to know what's going on all the way through the Daytona 500, Derek, we have got it at DOD and Flow Racing. There's one thing, though, that we would need. Like me and you, like doing Pat McAfee during the races, like doing our analysis <laughs> during the race. But yeah, all that content, the written stuff is phenomenal as well as we'll get to Todd Turner in a second. I just, it's crazy. And I think some of the stuff in other divisions we're doing at Flow Racing are going to kind of incorporate what we do at Dirt yep. on Dirt for the you know past 17 years. So you're going to see that with uh, USAC. You're going to see that with the big blocks. So right. a lot of good stuff coming our way. But, oh, man, late models are still king. Yeah, I'll say it. You nailed it too, right? All-star sprint cars at Sonoy. If you have a Flow subscription, you can watch that. USAC at Bubba Raceway Park. If you've got that, you can watch that. Short Track Super Series at Lakeview in South Carolina. Then Alltech. You can watch that. Mod Week at East Bay. Crate Week at East Bay. Oh, this $150 subscription really gets you access to so much. It's a fun month. I'm super excited about it. We leave here on Wednesday to head down to Gold Niles. Derek, what'd you say Speed Weeks used to start February 8th? February 8th, 10 years ago. <laughs> that was my stat. Uh, so we started in 2013. We had an 18-day break between the Wild West shootout and then going to Screven. Now we had four days. <laughs> so that's like two weeks. We're going to talk about that with Todd a little bit. The whole, is there too much racing debate? I'm tired of talking about it. There is no debate anymore. This is how much we're racing. Okay. I'm, I'm sure many of you were either in attendance at the Sunshine Nationals at Volusia or watching live uh, from our good friends at Dirt Vision this past weekend. I have a two-part question. We're going to start with the races that happened this past weekend. Derek, you were at Volusia. What was the vibe like? And two... There's a little bit of a debate about whether the Sunshine Nationals is actually the kickoff to Speed Weeks or not. I think it is. I think you have to say, yes, Speed Week started last weekend, but it doesn't really feel like it starts until everybody gets down there, Golden Isles. Two-parter for you, Derek. What was the vibe like, and is the Sunshine Nationals the actual start of Speed Weeks? I mean, I just love the opening night of Speed Weeks, whether it's the Sunshine Nationals or, like, you know, a few years ago when we did start at Golden Isles, because everybody is so happy. Everybody has a pep <laughs> in the step. Smiling. I did Hudson O'Neill. They're running every single race for the minute, and I was just, like, trying to get their, like, uh, how he's feeling, his demeanor, and then I want to do him the last race of Volusia just to see how much that. it's changed because they could go on a heater and win some races. They could struggle. Just kind of just see the differences from 30 days. And the weather was great. The, I mean, the racing, just compared to how well it happened last year, I think everybody was fired up for it. And then, of course, we just had a bazillion people sign up for <laughs> for 
for the World of Outlaws. So it was a great, it was a great time, good racing, and it was it, it had a good vibe. I will say this: some Volusia thoughts I have. You, you hit one there. <laughs> twenty three World of Outlaws regulars. Now, do twenty four? Twenty four. Sorry, I thought it was twenty three. They got the twenty four. They got the twenty four. An entire starting field of World of Outlaws regulars. Do I think twenty four people will finish the season at the World Finals? No chance, right? Obviously, Steve Francis is doing the smart thing. He's trying to entice guys to run the tour. I think they could have done the points thing. A little different because I think it would have shaken out the same way anyway. The optics of that could have been a little better, but that's such a minor thing. So first of all, no, I've been getting emails and text messages. 24 guys, Derek, are not, you're not going to go to a race and 40 guys have to start the feature because there's 24 provisionals for the outlaws. That's not going to uh, happen. No, be, so. if we have to use the emergencies, there could be like a 50 car field one day, you know, <laughs> if they all just struggled. And how about this? Not just Devin Moran winning both, but other guys were fast. It was the same way out in New Mexico. The fast guys were the fast guys. Tim McCready, runner-up both nights. RTJ, top five both nights. Chris Madden, top five. Nick Hoffman, top ten both nights. He was in Devin Moran's old ride. Ryan Gustin, top ten both nights. Like I said, similar to the Wild West shootout, Derek, the guys that were fast were the guys that were fast two nights in a row at Volusia. Yeah, I... It's just something in that Florida dirt or Florida air that makes Devin Moran unstoppable there. I mean, last he's year, there. Man, he was dominant. There. He seemed like he was getting top threes left and right. He kicks off Volusia in that new, you know, that new ride with Sellers and yep. double down and picks up two wins, past T-Mac in one of them, and then past Nick Hoffman the other one, his old ride. So great, great start for uh, Devin Moran. I think, too, you could see it in Roger's face, Roger Sellers' face, how happy he was in victory lane. As a new car owner, new team, everything's switching. You know, Roger. Switching cars. Right, exactly. You know they had to be like, thank God, right? Now we kind of know this thing's going to work. So I was happy for those guys, too. And lastly, a thing I'll say about Volusia, I don't think I loved it at first. They did schedule on top of the Wild West shootout at first, so I really didn't love it (laughs) at first. But now that, you know, Brian Carter's been so gracious to change the weekend and it's worked out so well, I do kind of like the Sunshine Nationals now. I feel like it's found its home. Crowds were solid, according to my friends at WRG. The weather was great. The event is growing. There was almost 50 late models there. 6604s. I kind of like it now, Derek. I think I've gone from... Don't love Sunshine Nationals to I am now a pro. This is a pro Sunshine Nationals video cast slash podcast. Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. And you have three quarters of like the national touring guys, which is awesome. Starting to pick up steam. And if you have great weather like that, it it did feel like speed weeks. Obviously, last year when it was rainy and cold and you're in the 40s and 50s, you know, it takes a toll on you. But when it's 80 and 70, you're in Daytona. It just it felt really good and just um, I just kudos to the track crew. I mean, to step up after a year debacle last year to have just a great racing service and how many guys are just complimenting how great it was. Yeah. That was awesome. Okay. Do you have any Sunshine National notes or you do? do. Okay. Go ahead. Hit me with them first. All right. So I don't know if this is like a big stat, but I was just walking in the pit area and I just felt like there was just so many young crop of just drivers, crew people. You texted me about this. Yeah. Maybe Todd can like, you know, set me straight if I'm right or wrong, but out of the 48 cars entered, 29 drivers were under the age of 35. Wow. I think that's a change in the guard a little bit. Maybe I'm just getting older and these guys are just younger, but that I is mean, true. Do you know, like <laughs> 10 years ago, I feel like everybody was over the age of 35 yeah, compared to what I, there is now. It felt like there was a stage in the NFL where we're like, oh my God, when Peyton Manning and Tom Brady uh, retired, there'll be no good young quarterbacks. Now we have Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, yes. uh, all those guys. And I feel like it's the same way. When Bloomquist and Moyer retire, we'll have no one, but I, I don't worry about that anymore. And now you have like JD and uh, T Mac. 
Yeah. They're very great, but they're like the older guys that were like Moyer yeah, and, and Bloomquist. And we'll and talk to Team Well, Chevy's been way. racing for 30 years, and he's only 30. <laughs> it's like, gosh. True. Um, oh, the biggest storyline that people were talking about was, you know, Hudson O'Neill not making the show yeah. on Friday night. You know, the Team Rocket car. Uh, I don't even know the last time they didn't make a race Evolution. because they've always yeah. had provisionals just in case something crazy happens. They're always good at speed weeks. That was a very shocking one, and it's, the car did not look right. And uh, But R-E-L-A-X, I think they'll have plenty <laughs> of time to turn it around. It was only two races. They're not running Woo full-time. They're going to try to set their sights on a Lucas Oil Championship. But, I mean, that was the talk of the town on the drive home is how they didn't, how they didn't make the show, and it had to be a long, long time where they didn't make the show yeah. like our feature now i have a note on mark and rocket also so with sunshine nationals behind us derek we now have 19 races leading up to the daytona 500 ahead of us like i said 22 total if, if volusia had not gotten rained out on saturday uh before we bring in todd turner i've got some speed weeks notes that i want to hit this is a notes podcast we love to give little tidbits uh first and foremost more money this year, right? Uh, it used to be you go to Georgia and Florida, Derek, and all these races were five or ten thousand to win. Not as much anymore. Golden Isles finale, twenty-five thousand dollars. Huge shout out to Kyle and Amber Bronson. Twenty-five grand at, at GIS on Saturday. All Tech has a fifteen grand. Volusia, Derek, would have had a twenty thousand dollar finale. Now we'll have a twenty thousand dollar finale here in a month from now. Um, as the money in the sport continues to rise, it's actually hitting speed weeks too. I still think maybe we could bump up those Monday, Tuesday, East Bay, 5,000 to win shows. I'd like to get those a little bit higher. Uh, but Derek, the money now has made its way in a better fashion. Could still a little be, be a little better to speed weeks. Well, you hear the horror stories of how much money guys uh -huh. spend down there because uh -huh. they're there for so long and the tire bill. So the more money we're giving back to them uh, is a good thing. And it's really cool to see like, oh my gosh, we're racing for 25 grand in Florida. Something we never would have thought of, you know, five or six years ago. I've said it many times. You brought it up. Rocket chassis with all due respect to C.J. Rayburn, who is the godfather of Dirt Late Model Chassis. Rocket Chassis is the greatest chassis brand in the history of the sport. I actually do believe that. But obviously right now, Derek, through eight nights of the Wild West Shootout or, or six, uh, yeah, eight nights of the Wild West Shootout in Volusia, Longhorn has won all, I think it's all eight, right? All eight races so far. Uh, lots of talk about this online. Lots of talk about this in the pit area. Here's what I do know is when you pin Mark, and I wouldn't even say Mark Richards feels pinned, but when Mark Richards feels challenged, a focused and challenged Mark Richards is the greatest Mark Richards. This guy obviously has nothing to prove. He's the greatest dirt late model manufacturer of all time. But I think so, Suave. I think there's a long way to go in speed weeks. Huge tip of the hat to Longhorn. Steve Arpin, Kevin Rumley, everybody involved. Longhorn deserves their due. But before we throw any dirt on Rocket Chassis, uh, they ain't done. And they will not be done. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to have like that middle tier group step up. Obviously, you're going to have Hudson. You're going to have Chris Madden, uh, Dennis Herb Jr. He'll have to make some noise. There. Ryan Gustin had a top five run. So there's there's some guys up there capable of getting those wins. Now, will we see it come into play? It's going to be very tough to beat, you know, Devin Moraine and T-Mac because they got a good start. And then you're going to have Overton and Jonathan Davenport coming in. But never say never. I think. Rocket One could win like five in a row like they did last year at East Bay, and you'd be like, oh, okay, they're back. We get accused of being a pro-Rocket uh, podcast all the time. Oh, listen, I love Mark. I make no bones about that. I do want to tip my hat to Longhorn, though, right? Longhorn clearly has a badass package right now. Bobby and Sheppy. Obviously. Well, there's more cars in the field now. Which is kind of the opposite of the way it used to be, yeah. right? Where Rocket sort of dominated the field. But yeah, let's tip, they all come back, tip right? our hat to Longhorn. Yeah, CJ. Let's tip our hat to Longhorn, too. They've got an unbelievable package right now, and they've been really good, but Mark ain't going anywhere. Monday at East Bay, 
will be the 100th Lucas Oil event all time there. Friday at East Bay will be the 200th uh, all-time Speed Weeks event. So 100 for Lucas on Monday, East Bay's 200th of all time. The longevity of that place is unbelievable. Derek, how many different winners in the 99 Lucas Oil Speed Weeks races have there been? Do you know? At? At East Bay. There's been 99 Lucas Oil events at East Bay. How many different winners? Don't look at, don't look at my notes. I, well, I, you saw my, my note. No, I had a stat says since, well, since 2013, they've had 20 different winners. Okay, so, so how many total now in the 100 shows there? 99. I'm going to go 32. 33. Very close. So well, I mean, 30. I kind of had like my stat already. So one so out of every one of three, basically. Uh, no repeat Lucas Oil winners at All Tech ever. Of course, Kyle Larson had that win a couple years ago by six minutes or whatever he won by. First ever Speed Weeks winner at Golden Isle, Derek. Do you know the first ever as you track back through time? Who won the first ever? What year was it? Uh, I don't. I Late 90s, early 2000s. Classic late model name. I was going to say like Mike Duvall. Uh, good guess. Or uh, Buck Simmons. Good guess also. Ronnie Johnson, oh, RJ5, your first I ever guessed, Speed Weeks winner. That would have been a top 10 uh, A fun note here too. Eddie Carrier Jr. set to drive a few races for Matt Cosner. ECJ has won three races at East Bay in his career. He's always loved that place. So it'll be fun to see Eddie back down there. Uh, Derek, those are my pre-Speed Weeks notes. What do you got? All right. So... Since we're closing down on East Bay, I like this stat. Billy Moyer, despite not winning a race since 2015, is the all-time wins leader wow. with 27. If Brandon Shepard, who's the highest active yep. driver in second, wins all 12, he would still be six behind <laughs> Billy Moyer. And like you're going to think, wow, Shep be so dominant. Nope. Billy Moyer has stood the test of time at East Bay, not winning in seven years and still being up that much. That's crazy. It's pretty wild. Um, 24 guys have won Evolution since... Uh, 2013 20 at East Bay. So yeah. I would always think East Bay would have the more of the different yeah, winners. I would but agree. that one year in 2013 when we had all those different win- or 2014, we had Ivan at Lloyd, Kyle Bronson, um, Casey Roberts. We had that one oh, year. Yeah, that Kenny Petty John. Great. Racing was good that yeah, year. Yeah. So we had this like a plethora of different guys. The so Kenny Petty John year. Yeah. yeah I forgot so about that. That was good. And then I'll, I'll be interested to see what Brian Shirley does. He had those good runs. Yep. In that Bloomquist car, he still says, I'm going to be a rocket guy, but you know how drivers are when they get that momentum and have a good, you know, have that good run. I could see him sticking with that Bloomquist car, but he looked pretty fast and sporty. And by the way, that was an old Chris Ferguson car that apparently he's letting him borrow. I don't know the, the true facts about that. That's what he told Robert Holman, but Fergie said he sold it to him. So I would love to kinda... know the definition of borrowing. If something costs yeah. me $100,000, I'm never letting you borrow it. I, yeah. just, I, I just want you to know that right now. And how many guys will commit to Lucas after Volusia 1.0? Like they had a bad run. Could we see uh, like 15, 16? I think 15 to 18 could we could okay. we could Because you could do both now camp. since they don't race on top of that each other. That is true. That is true. And then and we, I mentioned of that with Todd later. Remember, uh, we have an old Speed Weeks minute we're going to play later in the show where I said, Brandon Shepard will head to Ocala. I forgot Ocala was on top of East Bay for a while. Screvin was on top. It's way better this way. It is way it's better. It's probably not better for the, the series directors. I don't know. Francis has 23 guys well, I'm just saying, like, the tour. You know, he had like the scenario with like Sheppy last year where yeah. they like wait until May or June to decide where they're going to run, which is, you know, good for them too because they can pick and choose. But uh, I also asked Francis, he needed to decline this. This is kind of funny. I was like, do you get that like 2,500 bonus money, like when the people apply to running, you know, outlaws full time. Cause they had 24. I'm like, is that all bonus money? Go to use. He assured me it does not go. So <laughs> good question though. Way to ask the hard hitting question. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I fell in love with speed week so much was in the height of the national dirt digest days and hardcore late model fans will remember the greatest racing paper ever national dirt digest, picking up that newspaper and seeing these eight to 10 page spreads on Florida 
Todd Turner was largely, of course, Brian McLeod owned the paper, and I love Brian to death, but Todd was the guy largely responsible for the layout of those, these amazing, in-depth, colorful, all-encompassing Florida recaps. I'll always carry those memories from NDD with me, so the fact that 16 years later after we start Dirt on Dirt, Todd and I can still sit around and talk about Speed Weeks with such excitement is just really warm and, and such an excitable, incredible thing to me. So we welcome in now Todd yeah. Turner to the show, the Dean of Dirt Late Model Journalism. Todd, I called this the most important time in late model racing. Maybe not the biggest, but the most important time. Speed Weeks is the most important time of the year. Is there a case to be made that I'm right about that, Todd? Well, I'm nothing if not agreeable, Michael. So <laughs> yeah, I'll give you give you some pointers there. Um, for sure, it, it is the spotlight of the sport is on. You know, we have big races throughout the year, but very few of them have such a focus on the speed weeks. And then, of course, now, as you all talked about, they're so long over such a long, long stretch. Everybody knows who wins at speed weeks, and everybody wants to win at speed weeks. Uh, it can kind of set the storylines for the year. We see all the new cars, the new drivers, the new graphic schemes, the new teams. Um, you know, you come out of Speed Weeks knowing tons about what might happen for the upcoming season. Uh, whereas if you went just into the season in April or whatever, it would be a totally different experience than having that Speed Weeks basis, uh, kind of that uh, those storylines and those trends that have already developed uh, early uh, down in Georgia and Florida. When I was in college, our news station had a segment. And it was literally called Tell Me the Headlines. Basically, give the four or five headlines of the day as, as our newsroom saw them. Here's what you need to pay attention to. Do that for me now, Todd, as we head into Speed Weeks. Tell me the headlines as you see them. I'd say my headlines are, is Devin Moran the, the new Mr. Speed Weeks? I mean, <laughs> the last couple of years, especially last year, he's just the uh, uh, stood taller than everybody else. And of course, now he's won two starting off here at the Sunshine, Nash, Sunshine Nationals, and he's got East Bay and Volusia still ahead of him among those other tracks. Um, I would say another headline would be Brandon Shepard uh, and other guys who are with new teams or new chassis and how they're going to do. Uh, Brandon, not uh, not terrible start, but a little middling maybe for him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he and some of those other new uh uh, new guys and new cars and new teams do well. Um, another one is, and you all mentioned this, the waning days of action at Speed Weeks uh, for East Bay. Um, you know, just one more year to go. And I know next year it will be hitting this hard. Uh, but we are, you know, inside. We're going to be inside in, in double digits or into single digits here in just a just a couple of weeks. And it's, uh, that's, that's remarkable to see that East Bay history coming to a close and really going to be uh, uh, something everyone's going to have their high eye on. Uh, and then finally, I think when we go back to Volusia with all those World of Outlaws uh, regulars, you all have mentioned regulars, uh, to see who uh, who sorts out into that top 10 or that top five uh, in points leaving Volusia. It's going to be interesting. And um, some of those guys who, who maybe weren't really going to run it may have second thoughts if they, uh, if they end up higher. And we'll see where those rookies stand out, uh, settle out to see if they're uh, maybe in contention uh, leaving Florida. Now, I know the founding fathers of Michael Rigsby and yourself were not at Volusia 1.0. But does Speed Week start then there? Because me and Rigsby, you know, kind of had this little argument joking around. We always talked about it last year when you drove down with me from, you know, 
uh, Louisville. So does it start? I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. It starts and it's not, it, it doesn't feel just right. And, and I always like things to be in a nice little package. So it bothers me a little bit that, that it, that they kind of threw it ahead of, you know, you know, then we have this five day break and such, and that makes it a little bit, not, not as clean and nice as I thought it would be, but, but I don't see how you can, uh, say a race at Volusia, especially a nationally national touring race at Volusia, uh, cannot be part of speed weeks, uh, in the position it is. So, so yes, you get my stamp of approval. Let's go. Here's how I think it is. It's, it's the wild west shootout is spring training, right? Kovac nailed that it's spring training and the wild west shootout was incredible. What Volusia 1.0 is, it's the regular season base Major League Baseball game that is in Japan that's like four days before the actual season start. It counts. It counts for the record, Todd. But a lot of people go, wait a minute, was that the Mariners played the Giants and where was it? Like, is that it counts? It's speed weeks. Is that a fair comparison a little bit? <laughs> so you're saying we're moving it to Tokyo next yes, year? It will uh, be in I, Tokyo. I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. All right, fair enough. Uh, favorite thing about each racetrack, Todd? Buzz through them quickly. What what is your favorite thing about each uh, Speedweeks track? Okay, just uh, I haven't been to Alltech, so I'll skip that one. But I'll go through the others. I'll have a racing thing and a personal thing. Oh yeah. Uh, for for Golden Isles, a racing thing is the high speeds. They just drive into the corners so hard there. Uh, the personal thing is I love the bike riding at Jekyll Island, as you well know. <laughs> uh, at Ocala, my favorite thing is to watch those uh, rookies and newcomers either go into turn one or turn four and cannot believe what a sharp turn it is <laughs> and often, you know, slide way out of the groove or sometimes scarily into the wall. Uh, that's always kind of entertaining. Uh, and then uh, my, my personal thing in Ocala is probably in the old days when the World of Outlaws were against East Bay and they would just make up driver names so they would have a higher <laughs> car count. Uh, maybe Kovac was behind that. I, I'm not sure. You might have to check with him. Uh, East Bay would be the unpredictability of the surface and, and, and that it flummoxes drivers so often. And I love how Billy Moyer, Moyer always used to compare the surface of the East Bay to snot, which is unpleasant <laughs> to think of, but I get what you're saying, Billy. Uh, and my favorite thing there, of course, is the strawberry shortcake, personally. Uh, then at Volusia, my favorite thing is the, the way a driver on the very outside groove it is such a long way around compared to the inside. And you watch somebody running that extreme outside groove. It's, it's really uh, masterful to watch somebody handle that. Uh, and then, of course, my, on the personal level, my favorite thing is the Volusia ice cream cones, preferably <laughs> double-fisted, you know, one sprinkle or one swirl, swirl and one vanilla, maybe. I love all those. Quickly on Alltech, we'll do Alltech for uh, for you, Todd. Personally, I'll Thank do per, pers actually I'll do racetrack first. Derek, it is the coolest pit area in late model racing. The way it's elevated above a little bit, the way it's set back amongst those trees. I love Alltech's pit area. And on a personal note. Um, I, I just like, it's kind of like the hidden, the hidden track of speed weeks a little bit still, right? Like people know about it. It's got a lot of rate, but it doesn't feel like it's been shoved into the forefront as much as anything else. How it's are those like two? a mid tier quarterback? Like it's, it's like third or fourth year in the league. It's been a headset, good racing. Is this a uh, shot at Justin Fields? <laughs> no, he's no, he's that'd be like equivalent to like the first year at Alltech, maybe. Uh, fair enough. Fair so enough. yeah, I like I like it. It's just like that pit area is like perfectly square too. It's like yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Todd, I, I promise this is the only thing I'll say about this. The we race too much discussion. We've been talking about it forever. 
I'm tired of it. Drivers don't seem to care. Fans don't seem to care. Can we officially bury it forever? I think we're dead, and maybe we never talk about it again. Is that fair? That's that's probably okay, because we kind of bludgeon that one. And part of it is, you know, because from our perspective, we kind of cover everything. So it definitely affects our calendar more than most people. Uh, But the simple fact is the sport is full of free agents. These promoters can race whenever they want. If they want to race during... Uh, when school is out of session in a short three-month stretch, that's fine. If they want to race January into December, same with drivers. You don't have to race all year round just because there are races all year round. So everyone's a free agent to do what they want. It's not like you have to go to all these races and complain about them racing 12 months a year. So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that the argument, it, it gets a little tired. Uh, for my purposes, I do I do think there is something to be said where if you have breaks, uh, it kind of ramps up the anticipation. But uh, but I agree, the ship has sailed and uh, and on to the next race, no matter what we can do. <laughs> I was at Volusia this past week, and Todd was talking uh, T Mac and Devin Moreno just separate times. Obviously, people want to have a good speed weeks. They feel like maybe it carries momentum. But these two said it is just such completely different animal than the rest of the year that. They kind of look at it like, okay, let's just go down here and do the best we can because the rest of the year, it doesn't matter. So the other you know, part of the fence of that question is, do you agree with them? Because we always seem like, man, if you don't have a good speed weeks, you're going to be terrible. But they're thinking it really doesn't matter how you do down there. I mean, I, I've definitely heard both sides of it. You know, one one side of it on the national touring side, which in these days is a little more significant. There's many more national touring races now than there were years ago there. You do have to come out in a reasonable points position. Now, they do kind of monkey with the points a little bit to give you a break. But, uh, but definitely back in the old days, especially at East Bay, everyone would say this is such a different animal and such a – you know, this little mini series is so separate from the rest of the season that people, you know, tried to at least psychologically tell themselves this will not affect the rest of my season. So, I mean, it kind of goes both ways. It's definitely a different animal in that speed, speed weeks definitely has a different feel just among itself. So maybe it is, uh, drivers are able to kind of separate that a little bit, but you know, a driver wants to win wherever, you know, speed weeks, August, March, October doesn't matter. They want to be winning, so uh, it doesn't hurt to come out of there and maybe take a few weeks break before uh, the regular season starts. And you got uh, you know three wins in your pocket already. Final few things, Todd. I talked about it earlier in the show. Speed weeks for me in the beginning of Dirt on Dirt was was overwhelming and, and probably too much. But I I truly absolutely love it now. And I and you know me, I would tell people if I hate things, I don't. I love Speed Weeks. It is my favorite trip of the year, and part of that is you really form a bond with your coworkers. And not only that, but the promoters at the tracks you cover, the drivers who you see three or four weeks in a row. You, When you leave, uh, you and I have talked about this, it, in Kovac and Ben, Shelton, and I, it's almost emotional on that last day of Volusia when you leave. Maybe that's just a me thing, but but we've discussed that many times. It's, it's, it's like this great odyssey that you go on. Derek said you spend a whole month of your life at this one place Maybe touch on that a little bit, because I know you've experienced it too, for the drivers, the crew members, the racetracks, all of us. It's this thing that's unlike any other that is kind of emotional when it begins and when it ends. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shared experience, and, and it literally is intimate. You are to get with these people for so much, and you kind of know every in and out of, you know, if something happens to the guy on Thursday, 
we know what happened to him Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, yeah. good or bad. So we kind of like you really get to see how things affect everyone, uh, and not just at the racetrack, but even personally and how guys are doing. And we often talk about that last night at Volusia, and people are just like kind of spent, and 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 we all have we all kind of feel that way who've gone through this whole speed weeks thing um, on our, on our level personally to work with you guys, uh, especially when we would have houses where you have several people staying there. Uh, you know, there's no better way to get to know somebody than if you're, <laughs> you know, waking up with them and going to bed with them and eating, you know, fruit loops in your pajamas with them uh, or, or going uh, canoeing and looking for alligators, which we might or might not have done. Uh, or having Valentine's dinner with a T-shirt National 100 winner. Uh, <laughs> many, many, many stories that we have, and 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 they're fun, and 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 just like uh, crew members have stories about things they remember about some crazy Speed Weeks event. Uh, as our little journalists and media crowd, we kind of have those same things, and it's uh, uh, special and fun, and and things we'll never forget. Todd, clean the notebook out for me. Final things and final thoughts on Speed Weeks from your notebook. I got some, just some quick punchy things. One, think about Jan- Jonathan Davenport, $2 million last season. He's already got three wins at Botto. He has one Speed Weeks victory over the last three years. Wow. So what's he going to bring uh, this year? So it'll be interesting to watch that. Uh, also, no Ohio driver not named Moran has won at Speed Weeks anywhere. Uh, everybody, everybody has had the name Moran since 2009. That was when Matt Miller won at East Bay. Wow. Uh, so Ohio drivers, if you're not Moran, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle in recent years. And then finally, you all talked about that 25000 up for grabs at Golden Isles. That's the richest Speed Weeks purse going way back to 2002 when Don O'Neill won the East Bay finale uh, and earned that paycheck. Is the night that Matt Miller won, is that the same night he got a tussle with uh... – Dome, yeah, the same the night. Dome night. I had that video. Sh- yeah. Show the video here, Kane. I, I put that up for you so you can watch it here. There it's it is. It's a little. Uh, Zach came to. Uh, I think Tim Dome stayed in his his uh, pit area, but Zach Dome Dome came over to ask Matt Miller about what he was doing. There. So, uh, <laughs> Looking at that though, I don't know. I don't think uh, it was intentional. Well, in East Bay, this was kind of there. Were, East Bay was rough for a few years. Remember, Todd, the, the surface was rubber and more than it should have, like in that yeah. 09 through eleven yeah. era. So it was kind of. Hard racing, but Derek, nice, nice pull on the video. Yeah, that was on. I got you, Todd. Todd, I know you'll be managing things from home. I sure do miss spending time with you uh, at the Days in Jekyll Island for sure, buddy. Just one of our many great Speed Weeks memories. I will let you know how the Continental Breakfast is every oh. single morning. When those folks that are saying a little closer to the end of their life than the beginning of their life are making their way to the Continental Breakfast. I'll keep you posted, buddy. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, y'all have a great time. Thank you. All right. Yeah, we have Tim McCready on the other side of the break as our Speed Weeks preview rolls on. We'll be back after this. Established in 1983, FK Rod Ends has been the industry leader for both midget and micro racing. Family owned and operated, we take pride in our products and our name because we know you value yours. Visit our website, www.fkrodends.com, to find out how you can join our winning team. FK Rodends, to beat the best, you've got to use the best. 
If you want to be remembered, you got to do more than just win. You got to get them out of their seats. You got to give them the slide job, cushion pounding, no holds barred racing they paid to see. This is dirt track. That means pushing it to the edge and laying it all on the line. Yeah, you might wreck. So what? We'll help you get back out there so they can watch you try it again and again. Pit Stop USA. Live like legend. In the market for custom race shirts, struggling with who to call? Look no further. Impact Race Gear's team of top-notch artists and next-level printing make it easy to see that Impact Race Gear has the right combination for simply awesome race shirts. We provide shirts and merchandise for the entire motorsports industry, from late models to sprint cars to modifieds, dirt or asphalt. Just take a look at the top drivers and teams that trust Impact. And it doesn't take long to understand why Impact Race Gear is the easy choice. Be sure that your fans, sponsors, and supporters get the products they deserve. When you need the best, it's got to be Impact Race Gear. Give us a call, 877-743-8337, or visit impactracegear.com to get started on your Simply Awesome race shirts. This is your Speed Weeks Minute for Saturday, February 8th. Where if I had told you two days ago that we were going to get three complete shows in at Gold Nile Speedway, you would have laughed me all the way to Tampa. But here we are in the face of a horrible three-day forecast on Saturday night, and things are 100% on pace for a third and final show of the 2000. 2014 Super Bowl of Dirt. Meanwhile, shortly down the row, Brandon Shepard and the Rocket Housecar team spent the day changing a motor. His Shep will now also compete at East Bay for a few days before heading to Ocala next week. The Morans, meanwhile, seem to be multiplying. Everywhere you look in the pit area, there's another teenage Moran. And his driver, Devin, told us that if he doesn't get his act together, he's worried his Hall of Fame father, Donnie, will take back the ride. Yeah, I have no ill feelings about any of it. I mean, it's just pure business, the way things worked out. One of the many off-season storylines was Steve Shaver out of a Rumley ride into a Baird Transport Bloomquist chassis, his first time ever behind the wheel of a Team Zero race car, so far with mixed results after night number one. Well, uh, I mean, the car feels good, and uh, I just can't seem to qualify very good. I can race way better than I'm qualifying, so we're just trying to work on a qualifying setup, but the two races helped. Uh, we threw some different things at it. Uh, we came down here and tested a week ago, and that went well. Uh, Scott's been very helpful with knowledge, and uh, Chris Madden helped me quite a bit yesterday, so uh, hopefully we'll get on track. Finally, the Lucas Oil rookie class had a tough opening act yesterday as the highest finishing contender was Rambo Franklin in ninth in the first show and Brian Shirley in 13th in race two. We'll keep tabs on this monster rookie class this week and next week at East Bay. And don't forget, of course, to check out today's race day report as I was called into active duty for the greatest ever, James Essex. Please drive the view count up on race day today so I can make sure to rub it in James's face. That was your Speed Weeks Minute for Saturday, February 8th. Wow. How about that? He's the entrance is different at Golden Isles there. We had a shot of... Uh, There's a lot to unpack yeah, in that Speed Week Minute. Chip. That is a Speed Weeks Minute. I asked Derek to find one from 10 years ago. So 10 Speed Weeks ago in 2014. Golden Isles looks different. Derek, I look different. Ben Shelton looks different. Steve Shaver making an appearance. A Baird Transport reference. We've had some times at Speed Weeks uh, now. That was yeah. 10 years ago, man. Uh, Shaver is, like, always yoked. He has his <laughs> shirt off at East Bay now drinking beer. He also has great season ticket uh, seats at West Virginia games. He, like, 
snaps me them, and I'm like, what is up with you? Take <laughs> I me love to a game. I Come love Shaver. Yeah, that was a good one. There's Sheppy been, looks young. Uh, Sheppy, that was probably one of his first year in the Rocket House. Yeah, maybe? 14. Yeah. There's been some talk internally about, hey, do we modify our Speed Weeks coverage? Maybe we don't do Speed Weeks Minute. Maybe we don't do Race Day. But in my eyes, uh, and I'm not saying I'm totally right about this, but I always feel there's something beautiful, Derek, about consistency. The people know what to expect when they log in for Speed Weeks coverage. I'm not saying we'll do it forever, Race Day or the Minute. But man, nope, you look we back. Are. I, <laughs> I'll do it myself then. I don't care. It's just, it's really, it's just so cool to look back and see. You know, in some ways, things haven't evolved, and I think that's good. And and, and things have changed so much too. That was that was great, great, great pull by you finding that one. I really appreciate that. Golden Isles, how different that place looks. Yeah, too. like the the whole setup, the difference of the entrance and exit. We had a blank and chip there, that final shot where the yeah. you entered on and off the track in turn number one. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, before we bring on Tim McCready, and Timmy, if you can hear me, turn your camera on on Skype, by the way. Timmy, if you can hear hey, me. Turn, turn it sideways. Turn sideways. Sideways. Set your camera sideways. Uh, we're going to get to Tim McCready in one second, but first, uh, Todd Turner, who just joined us, always does these Speed Weeks facts for us. Uh, Swab, how about the first one here? $284,000 posted in winning purses, uh, an average of $10,900 a night, is the richest total in Speed Week's history, up $64,000 over last year, Derek. And you mentioned this earlier. Unless Scott Bloomquist competes, which he's not supposed to now, uh, I guess technically he kind of did night one at Volusia, the winningest all-time Georgia-Florida Speed Week's driver expected is Brandon Shepard, Derek, uh, he's seventh on the list with 20 victories. So Sheppy will be the winningest Speed Weeks driver likely to be competing the rest of the way. It's kind of wild when you think about that. Yeah, Sheppy had a great success at East Bay. He had that like five win race streak at Volusia that one year. So yeah. he's pretty good there. Triple header, the final non-World of Outlaw late model action during Volusia Speedway uh, Park's Dirt Car Nationals will be capped by a midweek trio, Derek. Split field, three races, 5,000 to win super late model shows. I, you know, I didn't know if I loved it at first, but I kind of like what Francis is doing here. Uh, three different features that night. It's three be kinda, tens. Let's do it. I, I Come on, Sam. I, I don't think we have to interview the top ten in all three, do we? That's 30 drivers. <laughs> I don't so. know that we Top can. five for those. Okay. Just be aware right now we're only going to do we'll, we'll kill Ben Shelton if we try to do them all. Ohio's Devin Moran, the only driver last year to make the maximum speed week start, all 20, without utilizing a provisional starting spot. That was very cool. And a few more notes from Todd. Last year, speed weeks drew 127 drivers entering at least one event. Um, 20 years earlier, speed weeks drew 166. So down 39, I'd say over 20 years, that isn't that bad, candidly. No. Um, and with tracks uh, expected sale to a mining company in 2024, East Bay is now down, Derek, to just 12 remaining scheduled at the moment Super Late Model Speed Weeks events. Derek, I remember when this came news came about, I was like, guys, we got 36 to go 12. We're down to yeah, 12. Yeah, Turn couldn't even drink then when they made that announcement, you know? <laughs> that is now, true. He's, now he's grown up, married since Volusia's then. eight late model nights would be the most since the track had nine back all the way in 2004. So nearly 20 years ago, the most. And last year's Speed Weeks events, Derek, just 1.6 lead changes per feature. I'm hoping the new tire rule changes that this year. Average starting position, 3.3. I think we're going to have more than 1.6, Suave. Well, we're right, on, we're right on pace for that. I think we're at 1.5 average. Right. I think we had one lead change and then two the other night. I'd like to see Golden Isles come out with like four in the opener. Right. It would be Let's nice. And then a note about the, the final event at Alltech post-Daytona 500. As Todd said, people are pretty weary uh, on the final night at Volusia. So we will see 
how all of that pans out. Derek, when we were debating who to have on the show as our Speed Weeks guest, you didn't hesitate. I'm going to give you full credit for this. You said it's a no-brainer, Rigsby. It's Tim McCready. And I was like, oh, yeah, T-Mac is absolutely the choice that we should have on the show. He's fresh off back-to-back runner-up finishes at Volusia. He made the Chili Bowl again and had a hell of a drive. And candidly, he is one of the greatest dirt late model drivers of all time. T-Mac, Tim McCready, joins us now. Timmy, one of the reasons that I think Derek and I chose you, I think of you, and I think Derek does too, as a Speed Weeks guy. Whether it was coming to Florida with your father back in the day, you in your big block days, now you in your late model days, are we right about that? Are you a Speed Weeks guy? And how much do you love this particular part of the calendar? Because it seems like you really embrace Florida in February, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's all I've known since since I started uh, racing. Like you said, when I was uh, just showing up and sitting in the grandstands in the in the late '80s and and going to the beach during the day, and when I started coming down with the big blocks, that's what I did. We we were good enough. I don't know if we're good enough, but we were um, fast enough with our maintenance program. Let's say that we could sit at the beach till two, three in the afternoon, and then drive the hauler to the track unload. <laughs> It was probably not the best looking car, but we also were there to to try to enjoy the most out of a little bit of the nice weather you get in life. So, um, yeah, I, every year we get, I get antsy. I'm thinking, man, uh, when's this going to happen? And then they started adding races and, and I know a lot of people started thinking, man, this is going to be bad. And I started thinking, man, this is six weeks, uh, six weeks of living in Florida. It's almost <laughs> like a snowbird. You just come down there and you can live for a month and a half. So, um, I enjoy every minute of it. Uh, the racing's always not the greatest sometimes, but uh, you do your best, and hopefully the chips uh, fall your way. A very popular thing back in the day was getting the beach photo with the race car on it. Did you ever get the beach right. photo with the race car? <laughs> not not, uh, not me. I, there's several floating around of uh, my dad. With, obviously, he had an open trailer most yeah. of his career, so to bring it down there and put it on the beach was kind of neat to have people show up and just the whole deal. Um, Speed Weeks is it's everybody's fresh. Like, the beauty of speed weeks is it's like working all day long and you're wore down and you're thinking, man, you know, I can't wait to hit, hit the, hit the bed and get some sleep. And you, you take a nice shower and all of a sudden you're like, that day is over with, what are we going to do for the rest of the afternoon and the night? And that's speed weeks like that, man, everything that happened last year, you wash it away into the sink and we get to start anew. Circle back to Volusia for a second. Last year, they had all the issues with the surface on the opening weekend. You know, the first go-around at Volusia was a mess last year. They scraped it all off. The second go-around at Volusia wasn't bad. It was definitely better. But it appears from afar, at least, you're far more of an expert than me. I think they got it right. The track seemed pretty good. Give me your assessment of Volusia 1.0 here this past weekend. Well, I mean, I think they they actually listened probably to most of us to do this uh, the first night in practice, I went out once. It was really, really heavy, and, and the cushion was maybe a lane, full lane off the off the bottom in practice night. And uh, we just kind of tried to tell the guys that work it, um, slow it down. Uh, Volusia is notoriously good when it can get upwards of the high 16s to maybe even high 17s, 18 second bracket, where you have that cushion to lean on, where you got to drive hard, but you got to be able to maneuver and be able to pass. And, and uh, so the first night was probably a little top dominant. And then that, that last night, if, if you don't like that type of racing, or if you don't like that type of track, I really don't know what to say. Cause it had a little bit of everything yeah. cars that didn't handle very well, a big, huge cushion to lean on that was way out by the fence. And then a little Brown strip around the bottom that uh, most of us like, we like it that way. And uh, guys were passing and, and that's all you can hope for. So 
hopefully they learned a lot. And when we come back at the end of the month, it'll be some of the best racing we have because the first two nights are pretty cool. We head into this Lucas Oil season with you as the two-time defending champion. You're the clear best car on tour, in my opinion. But this year, obviously, it's interesting, right? J.D., makes his return to the tour. You have this sort of pseudo-chase format at the end of the season. Hudson O'Neill's in the Rocket House car. Devin Moran is obviously going to be good in the double-down team. I think from afar, in my opinion, you are still the favorite. If I'm in Vegas right now, Tim McCready is the favorite to win this championship. But I think it's going to be a little hotter on competition this year, and obviously the way the Eldora race works shake things up. How do you view the season? I think it's the most kind of anticipated Lucas Oil season in quite some time. As you're looking at it, Timmy, from 20,000 feet, how, how do you assess this Lucas Oil season with you as the two-time champion? Well, I mean, being honest, it's obviously uh, open. It's, it's open for four guys, no matter how good you think you are all year long and no matter how dominant a car can be, you pile all your chips in the middle for like a Texas Hold'em game and you think you got, you got everybody beat. Next thing you know, the guy maybe in fourth has been working on something because he had the ability to go out and try all year long because he hasn't been the best car. Um, I'm not saying it's the perfect format, but it's a, it's a different way of doing things and, and it bumped the money way up. So at the end of the day, there's been a lot of times in my career where I've been that guy where we haven't been, I know it all, it looks like I've been the greatest points racer in the history of racing, but you can go back and look at the stats and see me in third and fourth and with no shot of winning a title after June. So, um, I'm ready to embrace it. Uh, I hope it goes my way, and, and but it's going to be a definitely a unique way of doing things. And if it brings more fans and gets everything excited, and we can all make more money as racers, uh, that's that's all we can ask for. And I thank Lucas and everybody for sticking their neck out. And the point fund is uh, gigantic this year, so uh, we can't complain about that. I agree, Suave. Yeah, T Mac. We chatted. Uh, I think it was Friday during the Sunshine Nationals. And you, I came and gave you that stat. I was like, yeah, 10 years ago when I first started at Dirt on Dirt, we had an 18-day break between the Wild West Shootout and Speed Weeks. Now we only have four days, and you're like, well, if they keep you know, putting up the purses, idiots like me will keep on coming, you know, <laughs> like just kind of like joking around. But is this bizarre world that we are racing too much down there in Florida, Georgia? Or, again, you also said – I kind of just throw Florida as like a different part of the season. It's You can kind of wash your hands no matter how good or bad you do the rest of the season. Well, I mean, because we don't race those tracks, and, and it's it's definitely common knowledge that it's a weird deal for tires. Obviously, we have a new tire situation. We can make some more choices, but notoriously, it's you run the softest set that Hoosier makes or, or American Racer makes, and then you go to the hardest tire if you have to, if it looks like it might rubber. So it wasn't really hard to pick tires down here. So that entails these tracks and these cars handling a lot different, in my opinion, in that area of the country than they do 90% of the other part of the country we go to. So you don't want to get too high or low because what you might find that works really good here, you take it two weeks later to Smoky Mountain and you might not even be able to make the show. So it's one of those deals. You're, you're always aiming for the best speed weeks possible and you're looking to win as many and do as good, but you also know they had that right front spring combination or that left rear deal that I decided to put on. Um, you got to take it with a grain of salt because it might not even work anywhere else. So, uh, which is unique about going down there and cool and also hard to, to stomach as a worker and a driver, just because you're always, you're always thinking once you're on top of things, you can ride it for as long as possible. But speed weeks is a fickle deal. I mean, we could, we can unload this weekend and them guys at gold now have done their homework and, and be back to B mains or whatever. We hope not for this Paylor Motorsports team, but you got to keep an open mind when you go down South. 
let's have a couple of quick thoughts on each track. I'm just going to throw them at you. Give me a couple of really quick thoughts on each one. I'm going to go one by one. Uh, Tim McCready, quick thoughts on Golden Isles. It's awesome when it's wide. The The wider they make the infield, make it narrower where it's not up on the racetrack, it, it races amazing when it's a little slower than and, and maybe a little slime around the bottom early. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun as long as they keep this track as wide as possible. Bubba Raceway Park. Same thing. The wider, the better. I, I sound like a broken record. Bubba's sometimes is a little too juiced up. Uh, and then when he thinks about it and he slows it down, the racing gets better. Anytime you see good racing in the B, if we could fast forward that to the, to the heat, so it'll be great racing in the A. All tech. All tech is crazy hard. Uh, it's such a driver track when your car's not handling um, in such a, it's a very place that's humbling. I, I had an amazing car there and knocked the nose piece off because you're trying too hard. Um, I probably enjoy that one one of the most because it's so hard to make consistent laps. East Bay Raceway Park. Uh, elbows up, same thing. Ill handling cars in the feature. Amazing job by L making that place wider. It, it's so wide today compared to what it was 15 years ago. Um, and nostalgic. I mean, it's not going to be here forever, so it's cool to go. And finally, Volusia. Uh, that's my uh, that's my uh, favorite place. Um, <laughs> it's probably. There's a kid, and it's big. When it's prepped right, it's big and fast, and uh, I just love racing on it. I always have. Um, I don't always enjoy every night there, obviously, because conditions will dictate that. But boy, um, the atmosphere, the people, the week—you can't ask for a bigger thing in racing when it comes a fresh speed week at Volusia Speedway. Yeah, Tim, I agree with you. I tell Riggs, me and Rigsby fight about this all the time. I love Volusia. I he just does, like but he likes, East, he likes East Bay better. I'm a more of a Daytona guy like you, so. Just a little. I, lo I love them both. I just like East Bay. That's the late model guy in me, right? Like, East Bay was the late model place back in the late 80s, early 90s. So, I can't I can't shake it, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, well, speaking. I, I, I understand. I went and watched late model races down there at East Bay when I wasn't racing late model. So, I, I know where you're coming from, but, man, uh Personally, it's it's a family thing. Yeah. Sitting in the state of Lucia as a kid, and then going to the beach, and just the whole thing that that has. Um, I can't always say the racetrack's perfect, but the rest of it is pretty cool. Uh, speaking of Lucia, we've talked about it before. Kovac brings up a lot. Did you really hang out with Kevin Kovac at <laughs> Volusia? Like you let him hang out with you, and he thinks that you guys actually played catch with the football. So this is your time right now to kind of like. Kovac churches up stories are a lot because he's a rider and has to make his stuff look good. Did this all really happen? <laughs> well, I mean, Kevin and I go way, way back. Um, I'm sure as kids, we, we, I probably don't, I don't remember, but uh, obviously he remembers those memories. I mean, I, I was at his wedding and, and uh, I've known him since my modified days back with John Finch and even before when I first started racing. So uh, yeah, he, him and I have been probably, together as far as uh professional level and a personal level is friendship for she's 20 plus years so um i might get on him a little bit but at the end of the day uh, <laughs> he's, he's helped me out in my career with the way he writes i mean everybody knows he does a does a good job and some of the stuff he gets wound up about is always fun as a driver <laughs> to, to get him going about that because that makes my if i can get him wound up and and, and i rate it it makes my day a lot better so i don't know if that's good or bad Last couple of things, Timmy. You've been pretty vocal about bigger purses in late model racing this last couple of years. And I think you told me at PRI, you know, kind of life-changing for you guys, the money that's being raced for now. You're also a Chili Bowl guy. You go every year. What did you make of what Kyle Larson said about the Chili Bowl, him not attending? And I kind of almost wonder if you – a little different for Kyle Larson who's been going to the Chili Bowl, you know, as an open-wheel guy for so long. Do you view it a little differently than he does financially – 
where it's more of sort of an exhibition and fun weekend of you. And how do you kind of view that, right? I love the big money in late model racing. Um, Larson's sort of critical about the Chili Bowl and the purse there. I, I would love to just generally get your thoughts on all that. Um, I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, it, I went there and did I did something there that I swore I would never do, which was uh, find sponsorship for a ride the year I won it. I'm, I, I never in my lifetime ever believed that a driver should have to uh, garner sponsorship or you just got there off your talent and and owners took the chance. And I understand that's a fantasy world to live in nowadays, comparable to what it was back then. So I'd be hypocritical if I said, Oh, I think he should just put all of his money into the pot for all of us guys to race for, because for years, I, I just don't know. It's such a tough thing. I go out there for one reason. It's to put myself on an Island and something that I struggle doing that I have been successful at, that I continue to want to win. I, I don't go out there. Making the race was awesome. And you you sit back and you're like, that was a good week. It just makes me think a little more time in this car and and, and some testing, and, and we're going to go back out there and hopefully uh, ring the bell again like we did way back when. So I don't really go in there looking to make money. I, I go in there trying to show these guys that I'm every bit as good in their car as, as they believe they would be in my car. Um, I ended up late models because that was the most money. And, and that's just the grim, the grim dollars and cents. I'd probably be a modified driver if they paid the most money. And if I thought the sprints had as much big dollar shows, we'd I'd probably be a sprint car driver. So at the end of the day, I don't know. Emmett stuck his heart is a neck out for 30 years. I guess he put some money in the purse. I, I don't really see that much of it. So um, I don't know. I think it's a, just a hard thing. I think, I think you're right when they say these conversations could be held um outside of the public eye first before people say things just for the mere fact of we don't know what other guys are going through. I can look at Emmett's deal down there in the chili bowl and start doing some simple math on my phone and say, yeah, that guy's bringing in millions and millions of dollars, but I don't know what the uptake is to get it all running. So it's at the end of the day, sometimes it's better to just go about your business. And if Kyle wanted to go run Votto, he probably wanted to go run Vado because it's a new challenge. I mean, maybe yep. the Chili Bowl is not a challenge for him anymore like it was. I mean, he's already won it. So guys like me, it's a challenge for me because I don't do it. So I don't know. At the end of the day, I hope everybody can get more money and you can start off by trying to figure it out uh, one way or another. I mean, if I can get bigger sponsors where I can split the money with my owner, then then that's one way to get more money for myself, I guess. I, I really don't know the answer. Let's do some quick over-unders. I think that was a very mature, responsible answer on the Chili Bowl, by uh, the way. I mean, I can't just listen. To, these days of just going, and it's it's a different world. I mean, you used to be able to say a lot of things you wanted to say, You're and right. you'd pay for it one way or the other. Either the promoter was really going to stick it to you down the road or pull your passes or pull your hotel rooms, or he might come over and have a word with you away from everybody. Nowadays, things, things that might have got said, by the time they get to the promoter or they get to the race car driver, whatever the internet does is usually 30,000 times worse than it really is. So maybe Emmett and all them guys that don't like the purse can get together. Um, if I had to make my living off it, I'd probably have a different answer, but I don't have to make a living off it. So it's not as huge an issue for me right now. Well said. Let's finish with some quick over and unders. I'm going to toss you a number, pitch you the over. You tell me over or under. Uh, number one, T-Max Speed Weeks victories, over or under, two and a half. Whew, I mean, that'd probably be the most I've won in a while. I'd love to say over, but, you know, it's it's tough. I, I'm, I'm going to say over because we're looking to go out there and win some races. All right. Jonathan Davenport Speed Weeks wins, over or under, two and a half. Uh. It depends on how many he runs. I mean, I know he can win them all, but he, he limits himself uh, 
I'd say over to he's he's as good as they come um right when I think that maybe he's going to start struggling he goes out and wins a race so uh I'd say overall. So I'm going to give all the races away in the first two answers. <laughs> uh, okay, last two. And these are tied together. Rainouts, over or under one and a half rainouts during speed weeks? I'd like to say under. I mean, I, I come down there to race. I know everybody wants a rainout, but the rainouts usually uh, take more out of the human body than, than the racing. So uh, I'd like to say under. All right, under one and a half, which goes to, to, to my final question. Trips to the ocean deck, over or under one and a half? Oh, way over. That's the only place that's open to eat at Daytona at the end of the night. We'll be in there usually every night, so Sunday to Sunday. to Sunday. And then I'll probably be in there Sunday during the 500 just because it's my one day off a year where me and my buddies from New York or wherever, buddies from all over the country get together and ease around town during the 500 watching the race and relaxing so i'll definitely be there sunday the 500 so definitely over over did you go there this past weekend did you go this past weekend no i did not i only so me and stewie are beating you one nothing (laughs) i I didn't know anybody was gonna go in so i didn't even uh, get a place in there one night me and matt langston got a place and he was flying out in the morning and we literally went to the sub shop across the street from uh the ocean walk which is normal The, the sub shop usually get there at three in the morning but we went to the sub shop and then just basically took some night off and went to went to the airport in the morning, and that was it. Okay, one bonus question, actually. I spend a lot more time with sprint car people now. Uh, All-Stars, my relationship with Eldora, everything. Can we officially put to bed that you are the official T-Mac? I love Terry McCarl, <laughs> but you've got a Chili Bowl win. I mean, you've got one of the biggest open – I know it's not a 410 sprint car, but you've got one of the biggest open-wheel wins on the planet. You are T-Mac. With all due respect to Terry McCarl, Tim McCready is T-Mac, Correct. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I, I've been, I, that was the last nickname that stuck. I had so many as I was racing up through the ranks and stuff. So uh, it's honestly, it's nice and it's cool. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I bow, bow down to, to Terry just because <laughs> he was there first, man. And once you, once you get on the moon first, there's no, uh, no do over. So I'll take his, his legacy with the same nickname and try to move it on until somebody comes along and, and I pass it on to them. I didn't ask you about the bills. I did spare you that. We didn't have to talk about the bills. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a touchy subject. So <laughs> it's a very. I, I I talked to Jason Fager for about fifteen minutes today about a little bit about sports and and um, I appreciate that anybody from Cincinnati that I consider a close friend, with the exception of uh, Jake Burgess, who's Eddie's kid, uh, left me alone because um, <laughs> that was. I just I just don't take pleasure in telling people that their team looks like, you know what, most of the game. So, um, but that's all right. Well, uh, most of the people that are, there's only a, the beauty of Cincinnati Bengals is there's, what is there, whatever you can draw a hundred mile, 200 mile radius around that city. And there's no other fans that are actually Bengals fans. The rest of them are just up pretending. So, I mean, cause nobody must've grew up watching the Bengals unless you live there because I grew up a Bills fan because I lived here and nobody watched the Bills after 1996. So <laughs> I know their pain, but as uh, they need to keep it, keep it under control because someday it'll, it'll come back on them. Listen, Fager and I are long suffering Chicago bears fans. So I feel <laughs> you, man. I appreciate it. So T-Mac, uh, wish you good luck, man. We will see you at uh, gold Isles in about 72 hours in Georgia. Thank you so much for doing this buddy and good luck down there. All right. We'll see you down there. Anytime. Thanks man. Yeah. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be back with Kevin Kovac and wrap things up on this speed weeks preview. Uh, 72 hours to start in Gold Miles. We'll be back after this.
market for custom race shirts struggling with who to call look no further impact race gears team of top-notch artists and next level printing make it easy to see that impact race gear has the right combination for simply awesome race shirts we provide shirts and merchandise for the entire motorsports industry from late models to sprint cars to modifieds dirt or asphalt just take a look at the top drivers and teams that trust impact and it doesn't take long to understand why impact race gear is the easy choice be sure that your fans sponsors and supporters get the products they deserve when you need the best it's got to be impact race gear give us a call 877-743-8337 or visit impactracegear.com to get started on your simply awesome race shirts I one of my favorite things about that clip, that Austin Hubbard Scott Bloomquist clip from East Bay, is Chris Steppen's boom call that he makes when Hubbard hits him. That's just an awesome call by Steppen. Uh, were you with DOD yet? Then I don't think you were. Right, it was the year before. Yeah, year before. And then he, also Austin Hubbard. He's had another great Speed Weeks moment with him getting naked, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. And he was sounded very burnt in that uh, interview about Scott, but I miss him racing. He's a great guy. Yeah, Speed Weeks is just full of moments like that. When you have a time of the year where no one else in the world is racing, you just get moments that sort of become part of the zeitgeist of American motorsports, right? It's in everybody's consciousness. I mean, if you think about Thursday at Golden Isles, I think there's maybe one other motorsports event in America that night, and obviously the Lucas Oil race is going to overshadow it. There, that's it. Like the American motorsports event on Thursday night is in Brunswick, Georgia, at Kyle and Amber Bronson's Gold Mile Speedway. Uh, I just I love that so much, Derek, about Speed Weeks. That aspect of yeah, it. all eyes are on Speed Week, especially those like midweek shows, and we're starting way earlier than the rest of the other divisions and genres of racing. And like you said. When you have like a moment where people are fighting, get angry at each other, those are almost fun to cover as well as just the winner. We talked about T-Mac and his love for Speed Weeks, my love for Speed Weeks. There might be one human being who loves Speed Weeks Bernie. more than T-Mac and I, and that is uh, T-Mac's childhood buddy, Kevin Kovac. Oh, who I'm going to ask Kovac Who that, joins though. us now for the Kevin Kovac <laughs> Memorial Notes section. Kevin, I asked Todd. Um, actually, let me, let me start with this. Do you love Speed Weeks more than McCready and I? I think the answer is yes, right? Oh. Uh, I, mean, I think so. I mean, it's uh, only been going there. This will be 25 straight years now just for going to Volusia. But I also went back in 86 and 87 for a few times when I was a kid. So uh, it does hold it is a special. I wouldn't know what to do without going to Vol going down to Florida for uh, for speed weeks, I guess. I asked Todd, you know, what his three or four headlines were as we head into this deal. What are your headlines? I'll ask you the same. What are your headlines, Kevin? 
uh, one of the first things that kind of pops in my mind is uh, one more year. I mean, this is like going down to the end of East Bay, yeah. right? I mean, one more year left of uh, racing at East Bay after this year. Uh, at this point, it says, hopefully we get more. But if it would be that we don't get any more, I mean, man, you better get down to East Bay uh, and, and see some see some Winter Nationals racing because uh, you only got one more chance after 2023. Uh, and, and then another one that I kind of just uh, uh, pops in my head also is is the kind of re like the rebound of the national tours. Uh, that's that's what I'm looking at. Like right agreed to the into this speed weeks. I mean, man, there's like all these guys are. Uh, you know, I think you've already probably talked about it with the world of outlaws, all the guys that are committing to it, at least from this point with hopes to get it, You're not going to have 23 guys do the entire series. That's impossible. But, uh, I mean, there, it is, it's, I remember everybody was, there's people that were coming up to me and say, Oh, the world of outlaws, they're done. I mean, it's just, they're not, they're, they're, they ought to hang it up. They ought to close down shop after in 2022. And, I'm like, I, 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 people that everything, all the drivers find their level kind of, you know, and they're going to, they're going to see the only nine guys or eight guys total went to every race with the world of outlaws last year. Guys are going to jump on that and come back in the world of outlaws and the Lucas oil series. Both have done a great job kind of giving more incentives and upping the points fund, make everybody want to come do it. Yeah, no, and I think that's right, Kevin. Last year it was no one will ever run a national tour ever again, right? We've, 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 they're done. And now it's like, oh my, these are actually the two strongest national tours in a decade. <laughs> we have. Uh, so credit to Brian Carter and his bunch, Rick Schwally and his bunch for doing that. Uh, ben and DJ and I were digging through some super fun notes. And Derek, you wanted to know where I got some of those notes earlier. Ben Shelton and Dustin Jarrett were helping me with all those notes. You knew I didn't pull all of them. Yeah, those. I mean, that's uh, right. They were good ones. Kovac, I'll let you do the same, just like Todd did. Sort of empty your notebook. What do you got? How about this last uh, weekend here? Just look back uh, at the at Volusia. The Rocket One car didn't qualify. Hudson. Did you I mean, find I mean, this, yeah. Kovac? Did you find I'm the stat? I'm not sure if that's been talked about. I mentioned it might have been, but Hudson O'Neill didn't make it in the second night. And I kind of look back in the history books here to try to find when's the last time the Rocket One car wasn't in a feature that it attempted, uh, that the team was there attempting to, to run. And and actually, there it wasn't that far long ago, but it wasn't a non-qualifier. It was the dirt track world championship of 2021. Oh, the debacle Jeffrey fight qualified right? Oh, right. Uh, for the Mark Richards incident with Chris Ferguson after the heat race. Uh, I mean, back there I, beyond that, it was tough. I mean, I, 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 I didn't really find anything. I know 2018 Shepard didn't qualify for the dream at Eldora might be the, <laughs> there wasn't many other times that, that the rocket one car wasn't in a feature field that it tried to be in. So a uh, very rare event at, uh, at Volusia, that's for sure. You have more notes, Kevin, or is that it? Just one note? Well, I, I didn't know if you wanted to comment or something. No, uh, my comment is uh, I'm not surprised by that, is my comment. <laughs> right? uh, yeah. I'm not surprised that the Rocket One is gone forever and ever. Okay, back to you, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I always like seeing guys, too, that uh, – Go to uh, to speed weeks for the first time, you know. Yeah, it's even if it's certain tracks or all. I'm just been seeing some posts on Facebook and all, and I see Robbie Hensley, the Kentucky driver. He's, he's a guy we always see, especially at Florence, always at Eldora for the big races. He has plans to be down here, Gold Nile, go down to Golden Isles this weekend. Uh, he's uh, he's got his picture up on Facebook, you know, of his car ready to go for his first speed weeks trip. 
uh, to run at uh, at Golden Isles. So I think that's a that's always a thing. You'll, I'm sure he might even be a he might end up being a side bite for Ben Shelton here since he's new to the the speed week scene. Uh, and I also also mentioned uh, you know Bobby Pierce was like such a big topic there at at, at Volusia on Thursday night when it came out that he was it was almost a little bit of a surprise that he was at Volusia. I uh, didn't really know if he'd be there after he won that twenty five thousand at the Wild West Shootout, and then here he is. It ends up he signs up paperwork, puts that loyalty bonus deal up, uh, so he can possibly run a World of Outlaws. I mean that'd be a huge pickup. He's only run a national tour one time uh, beyond this when he was with uh, Dunn Benson. He ran Lucas. And imagine if Bobby Pierce does the whole World of Outlaws tour. I mean, talk about pumping that up with already Chris Madden coming back and Brendan Shepard coming back, Nick Hoffman in there. I mean, these new guys coming in and Bobby Pierce, one of the most well-known names in late model racing, becomes a regular. I I, I just don't feel it, though. I'm not sure what you guys have thought so far, if he's going to be able to do the whole year. I mean, I think he can do it, and he can challenge for a championship. But when he did text me back after I asked him, and he, he said he wouldn't he wouldn't have no plans. He didn't have any plans for a, a national tour run before going to Vado for the Wild West shootout. Kind of just decided, hey, look, we're going to go. We ran good. Go down there and see. But it just didn't give me the feeling that this – that he's all 100% in yet, you know? This will be, uh, yeah, Kovac. The way, my, my prediction is this. When the year ends, I don't think Bobby will have run all the World of Outlaws races. I could be dead freaking wrong about that. Oh, yeah, right. I, I, I just, that's... betting right now on that. Right? If, I, if I'm bet, if like someone is holding a gun to my head and I have got to make a bet, it's no rather than yes. It's not like 90-10. It's more like 60-40 no. I just don't think I'm 90-10. You're 90-10 no. You don't, think not, it, no. you don't think it happens? After that start... Yeah. After he, talking to Bobby on that Friday, you could just like I've known him obviously since he was a pup. You just <laughs> feel like, man, you can't run a tour when you have two mechanical things happen like yeah, that back to back. And once you go, I mean, he can still race a lot of them, but I don't think he'll be running the whole thing. Yeah. Sixty-four points behind already, and that's to Chris Madden. That's a pretty big. That's a pretty big uh, deficit already, and that's another reason why you you, you wonder. I mean, because he's going to have to come back now, go all the way home, come back to Volusia, make another trip to Florida. For the because he's not staying, he wasn't planning to stay for any of the Lucas races. So uh, now we'll, we'll have we'll have to see. But right, yeah, if he would have won, though, he would have gotten like top fives in those first two. Yeah, I'd be all in on it. Kovac, finally, give me your best. Make these quick. Uh, track by tra- track, your favorite non-racing thing at each racetrack. Oh man, Speed I race. like hanging out with the boys and having a good time. <laughs> Don't listen to him, it's, Kovac. It's this guy, Derek Kessinger, saying that. That's his <laughs> quote too. Um, I, I would say all, one number one, like you know, Gold Miles, uh, Jekyll Island. I oh, mean, you, you talk about that all the time. I mean, that's the number one thing to go when you go there. Uh, you, you go to, uh, I guess, the next one will be Ocala. How about Silver Springs? I love that little, you know, that little deal that you go there and there's animals there. You take the bottom, the, the, the I think it's the, you know, the, you could, the, the glass bottom boat ride. It's right there in Ocala. That's a pretty, neat little tourist attraction i haven't been there actually i haven't been there in a while but uh i i would recommend that to any fan that's going to ocala all tech i'm not even sure you know i'm I, I, is there anything really like i mean you're, <laughs> you're way up there north you're way be away from go the to the beaches in jacksonville oh, oh man i don't How i mean about, i guess you still got just throwing all tech under the bus yeah. not giving all tech no, any if love you rain, at all if you rain out at all tech you can go to lake city speedway or whatever oh north tracks. florida north yeah. florida there you go so you have a chance of seeing a race pales in comparison to the other ones because then you go to east bay 
I mean, I'd go to Clearwater Beach. That's right down the down the road here, not far away. How about the manatee, you know, little encounter there we got, like right near where, where we usually stay below the racetrack. And also, I also, I mean, I think maybe this guy should maybe start a little business for the racers when they come down, the fans. Dale Beitler boat ride. How about that? <laughs> yes. Wasn't that a great ride? That was a great way when we uh, had that, that Sunday after uh, East Bay a few years ago. And when I uh, gave, gave Dale Beitler, the former car owner, gave us a good boat ride. And, and then what about Volusia? I mean, Volusia right there, the ocean deck, right? <laughs> ocean deck and all the other little bars around that area, downtown Daytona. It's Do always you, fun going to them. Me and Stewie were there. Do your you boy. two even cover the races? I'm starting to wonder well, if we, you two even we haven't had a race. We have not had a rain out at Volusia since 2018. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. East Bay's had a few, I think, right? A few sprinkled in yeah, there. Yeah, we've, we've been to the track and like we rained, but we still raced. Yeah. Yeah. We had that Saturday oh. off, I guess, but once Saturday hits, no ocean decks over. Yeah, yeah, you're done. It wasn't the same. It wasn't like when Derek dropped that giant slice of pizza at the pizza place <laughs> after that last. That was the last rain out, I guess, right, Derek? Uh, yep. Geez. Yep. Kovac, thank you for everything. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry, Derek. Go ahead. So we had T Mike on right before. Uh, he does not remember at all that you guys played catch at Volusia. So I that. think you're starting to make up this story a little bit. Hey, he, I know we were there playing it, but how is he going to remember? He's not going to remember some like random kid from. Uh, and he also said it, hanging out with you is like a big brother, big sister program. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I just remember playing football. I mean, that Sean Parker was a crew chief for Danny Johnson, the modified driver. He was okay. in there playing, running around. Why'd you it do was this? Over there, right behind the turn four stands, but it was 1986 or 87. We're going to have to listen to years. Brett Hearn stories from 1988 now and all this stuff from Kovac. What'd you do this for? <laughs> yep. Oh, and also Stu Friesen gave you a lot of props. Like if Kovac ever came around when he was at Ariato, that was a freaking good thing. Okay. So look at you. Right. Go see. There you go. You wanted to be an inside dirt modified racing back then. So. Kovac, <laughs> I will see you at East Bay's your first race, right? You're doing the last two yep. weeks. All right, buddy. East Bay Volusia. We'll see you. All right. Thanks, man. We'll see you. Uh, these guys, these guys of ours, Swaff, I don't know. It's bad weeks. <laughs> uh, don't forget, final reminders, if you want to watch every single race of the Lucas Oil Speed Weeks season here in these 13 upcoming races, you can do it live on Flow Racing, Golden Isles, Bubba Raceway Park, Alltech, and East Bay. Watch every single Lucas Oil race live on Flow Racing. Of course, DOD and Flow will have a ton of supplemental coverage, which is awesome as well. We've heard a couple of people talk about the points fund. Kane, throw that up real quick because I want Rick Schwally to get his due for this. Last year, first, you see last year on the right, this year on the left, 150,000 to win, Derek. This year, 275 for second, Derek. 150 for second. 50 for third, Derek. 125 for third this year. And from 40 to 100 and all the way down through 12th, massive upgrades. That's why they can do the final event at Eldora like they're doing it. Rick Schwally, Wayne Castleberry, everybody, Jeremy Shields with Lucas. Huge. The difference this year to last year. We start off what I think is the biggest Lucas Oil season ever coming up this Thursday night. Yeah, a lot of a lot of money will be up for grabs at Eldora for the Dirt Track World Championship. But I'm so impressed from fifth through eighth. Yep. Just the you know the payout. I mean, you got twelfth last or you had to get third or fourth 
and you can get eighth, and you get forty five grand the same. That's that's awesome. Just paying through the field. It's huge. I wanted Lucas Oil and Rick and everybody to get the massive props for this, and they got it right there. And a couple of special graphics: the Crew Diary this year. Again, the Crew Diary. Ricky Thornton Jr. He and Anthony Burroughs were going to follow them all the way from Gold Miles through the final race at Volusia. See what it's like for the crews during a long Speed Weeks trek. Ricky's always got fun stuff going around his hauler too. Anthony's one of the best crew chiefs ever and in the business. I really look forward to following these guys, Tim Truex and Tyler Rinkin, the amazing work they do on the Crew Diary. And Derek, we'll finish it with this. The drive home, don't forget. It's a kind of a, a blurry shot of us. It's, but, uh, it's tough to get a good good shot it, of that. It is. Uh, post-race hot takes each night via Facebook Live on Dirt on Dirt. The drive home returns this Thursday night. And listen, I, I saw your ratings from Volusia. I just think it's pretty clear that America needs... Well, you think needs the big guy a, in house. They're probably a social media post that day, and like Ben going to his you know followers and crew, like, oh, don't forget the dirt. I mean, I was, <laughs> it was a good time. Robert did great, so that was a good, uh, good partner to kick off uh, Speed Weeks. On also the setup rig is still there for you. It's Excellent. nice. Everything's good to go. I'm very excited to uh, hit up Golden Isles, one of my uh, favorite tracks in my, Georgia. My absolute favorite time of the year. Speed Weeks is here this Thursday night, Golden Isles. Watch it all live on Flow Racing for Derek Kessinger, for Kane Runyon, Todd Turner, Kevin Kovac, and a special thanks to Tim McCready. Guys, it's here. The 24-day Speed Weeks Odyssey begins this Thursday at Golden Isles and all the way through the Daytona 500. We will have you covered. Thank you so much to everybody. See you in Georgia this week.